We put things off every day for tomorrow or the next day, but the reality is that tomorrow or the next day are not promised when it comes to life. You may be familiar with an advanced care plan or Novant Health's Choices and Champions program, and the reality is that many people put this off as well. Adam Kuntz joins us once again to discuss the process and key players to have on your team when developing your advanced care plan. Now, Adam, I want to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about what has to happen logistically um, to have your advanced care plan um, accessible for your, your healthcare provider. Um, specifically thinking about, you know, what does this process look like? Is it difficult? I heard you mention, you know, legal documents and, and that type of thing. So walk us through what this process looks like and who are the key players that I need to have at the table to ensure that, um, you know, things are documented appropriately. Randy, I think that's a great question. And on our, our Choices and Champions call line that's available for people to call into it, to get support with this, this is one of the things we hear kind of most often is a lot of misconceptions um, or, or myths around what it takes, uh, how many hurdles there are to overcome to get this done. So I appreciate you know that, that you put that question out there. When we talk about advanced care planning in terms of a process, Step one is choosing a champion, identifying who do you trust to speak for you if you're ever unable to make your own medical decisions. And all of our clinics, our Novant Health clinics and our acute facilities are now documenting that in the electronic medical record. So we make a note of that. And so that's step one in the process. And that's the important first step. For some people, if that person they identify as their champion is not who that state statute I talked about earlier mentioned mm -hmm. would be, then they need to take a next step and complete a healthcare power of attorney document. That's what it's primarily referred to here in North Carolina, naming that person and giving them legal authority to make decisions on their behalf. That process currently in the state of North Carolina uh, requires the individual with a driver's license, you know, to, to present, um, complete the document, and then they need a notary and two witnesses to get that done. It can also be done with an attorney um, for people that have access to that. We have a number of team members that can help through that process. Um, the documents are available online. And so the, the healthcare power of attorney part of naming a person and then getting that document notarized is actually fairly easy uh, these days, as long as we can get all of those people in, in place. And then what we wanna do in terms of a process is that we encourage you to then share that document certainly with the person you've named as your healthcare agent in that healthcare power of attorney document so they know, and hopefully you've had a conversation with them. We also encourage sharing it with other people in your family or other people that may want to be a part of those conversations or will be around. Mm -hmm. And then we encourage sharing it with your medical team. And so at Novant Health and a number of other medical facilities, we will then take that document and actually scan it into the electronic medical record so that we have an electronic copy of that on file and available so that anytime you interact with our healthcare system, that document is accessible to our team. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Now, Adam, I heard you mention um, 
having the conversation. And while I can appreciate, you know, a step-by-step process for many people thinking about this type of planning and the gravity of when this, um, this document or these wishes are engaged is difficult because it means that you have some serious health challenges or complications. And it can be difficult not only to comprehend that, but to have a conversation with a loved one and really talk about what these wishes are. Do you have some advice for our listeners about how to navigate that conversation? Absolutely. And and I think you're absolutely right that these conversations will likely look different for different people um, who come at these conversations from different angles or perhaps have different cultural beliefs or values um, at play in terms of who's involved in the conversations. When we talk about starting these conversations, often we're talking about starting them well before you're immediately in, in the throes of an acute or serious medical event. And so if you're at that point, if you're early kind of upstream, as we would say, Mm -hmm. then a lot of the things that we encourage people to start these conversations with is what does a good day look like? What are, what brings you joy? Um, What are the things you most look forward to doing? Even if patients are coming in Mm -hmm. for a, a medical procedure or have a hospitalization, we often ask, what do you most look forward to getting back to after this surgery or this hospitalization? it kind of goes back to that point I was making about what are your values and what brings you in happiness, joy, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that can change throughout our lifetime. So another thing about these conversations is we often say they need to happen early and often we revisit them. And so if it's early upstream, they're probably more general about what, what do you enjoy doing? How do you spend your time? And we know that about some of our family members, but sometimes it's important to ask directly to hear more. Oh, what brings me joy is working in the garden. Well, today, you know, you and I talk about working in the garden and that seems like just small talk, but a few months from now or a few years from now, depending on the major medical event that may come up, there may be some different decisions that we have to make in your healthcare. And some of those decisions may increase the chance of you getting back into your garden as opposed to the other one. And so even just knowing what brings you value can help us guide decisions and choices. The medical team can then work with the family or the patient to say, well, I know gardening is what's really important. So let's explore these options through that that lens, thinking of it with gardening in mind. And so that's kind of where we start those conversations. As you get further down the healthcare journey or further along the healthcare journey, and other medical events come up, a serious diagnosis of a chronic illness like diabetes um, or a major diagnosis of cancer um, or a serious car accident, things like that. The more we know about your healthcare situation and what's going on, uh, the more detailed the questions can be because then we know appropriate treatment options that may come up. Um, If what you're experiencing is an illness or condition that may require sedation and surgery, we can ask some more targeted questions about surgery. Um, If there's, if what you're experiencing is a serious lung disease, then we know that at some point along that healthcare journey, there may be a need for a ventilator or a breathing machine. And so then we can have more targeted conversations about 
would you want to be on a breathing machine? If you would want to be on a breathing machine, how long would you want to be on a breathing machine? If being on a breathing machine meant you couldn't go back to your home and would now need to go to a facility where you could get care for that, is that something that you know you would be okay with? And the last thing that I'll say kind of about these conversations, brains you talk is that what we recognize when we do this work with, with patients and families is that people's decisions and thoughts change. And so today I might think about that question I just posed and say, gosh, well, well, yeah, I, I would be fine with leaving home and going to a facility if it meant being available and able to interact with my family. Um, but for other people or at another time in my life, uh, I may think, well, no, you know, staying at home and being here where I've been is really what's most important to me. So I may make a different decision. And so our medical teams can really help patients and family members guide those conversations and drill down into the specifics the more we know about them. Thank you, Adam. That, that actually is a great segue because the, the more you spoke about these conversations, you know, I, I thought, man, you know, who needs to be on my team? And I heard you reference a few people early on when we talked about the logistics, but um, if we could just take a second to clarify, you know, who needs to be on my team in terms of having these conversations so everyone understands, you know, what my wishes are. I know, of course, I need a champion. Um, it, it appears that this information would be utilized when I'm in an acute care or hospital setting, perhaps. But what about my primary care doctor? Is that someone that needs to be on my team as well? So could you um, share with us who those folks are specifically that we can start to make a list to have a conversation with? Yeah, Brandy, I, th I think different people, and I like the way you phrase that, who's on my team. Um, I, I think that's a great way to think about it. Uh, the, a team that's designed to support me and help me get the care that I want to get. And I think you touched on some of the big ones, obviously. First and foremost is the champion. Who's that person I want to speak for me? They're kind of the captain of the team, to, to use your, your language there. Um, and then uh, having the those conversations or that information documented in an electronic medical record. So any medical professional that you interact with in an acute event, an emergency event, like you said, going to a hospital can happen. But I think it's really important to have any medical professional that you see regularly. So your primary care physician uh, or PCP certainly would be a big part of that because oftentimes that's the healthcare professional that knows you best in terms of your whole journey and maybe the one that knows your values probably more than anyone and can help guide those conversations. I think for many patients I've talked to, that's also the healthcare professional that they trust the most right. because right. of that relationship. Yeah. And so these conversations can be easier to have with that trusted individual. And some of our patients also have other providers that they see. They may have a cardiologist um, or an orthopedic doctor um, or a, a pulmonologist that they see. And so it's important for those, those specialists uh, in those different different offices to also know these conversations because the different lenses that each of those members of the healthcare team looks at uh, can alter the decisions that are made, you know, or have a different lens. And so knowing you is really important. When I think about other people, 
Randy, to be on that mm-hmm. team. I mentioned earlier, in addition to the champion, anyone that cares about you and would want to have a part or think they might play a role in those decisions, if you're not able to speak for yourself, okay. needs to know who you've identified as your champion and why and what the wishes are so that they can support that champion and be together and aligned uh, instead of questioning each other if things come to it. I think certainly anyone um, who has a faith community may find value in talking with um, their pastor or minister or, or, or leader of their, their faith community um, or others there and, and bringing them in. Uh, I think close neighbors that support people um, can be a part of the care team. Uh, I, I think chaplains at the medical center, you know, I mentioned faith community, but within the acute hospitals, there are chaplains, social workers who help make decisions. So there's a, there's a number of people that may have been part of your team for a large part of your life, your family members and people that know you really well. And then there will be new people as your healthcare journey comes along that may enter the conversation at different times and sharing those glimpses of who you are, what your values are, may be meaningful because they can help honor those wishes and respect your values. That That's great advice, Adam. I appreciate you breaking that down and, and also sort of enhancing you know, the perspective around who that team may be. Sometimes you have some folks who are going to be on the bench that may be, um, you know, inserted later on in the game. So I think that was a really great guide to, to who might be engaged in those decisions. Hopefully this episode laid out the specifics related to developing an advanced care plan making it easier for you to cross it off your to-do list. So pick your team, have the conversation, and gather your paperwork and file it. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself and your loved ones. Thank you for listening to Patients as Partners and all of the other Novant Health podcasts. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere you choose to listen to us. Until next time, I'm Brandi Edwards. Thank you.